Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. All right, good morning and welcome to Salt and Light. Randy Mitchell here, Max Robinson, and uh, here also as a special guest we have here in the studio, a brother that we're going to be hearing from later on in the broadcast, a real man of God, yes. Brother W.B. Sharp is with us all the way from Moxville. We have a lot of listeners uh, out in the Moxville area, not only on this station, but also on WDSL, and we appreciate all of those listeners. But Brother Sharp, thanks for being here. Looking forward to having you part of the broadcast here today. Brother Max, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. All right. It's been a good day so far. It has. Full it's, of decisions. Yeah, even <laughs> even this early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, seriously, folks, it's great to be with you. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And it is our heart's desire and prayer. We've been praying a lot for the radio broadcast that uh, what we say here on the air as well as through live stream, that it would be a help and a blessing to you. That is certainly our heart's desire. Brother Max, Master Club, uh, you have uh, been uh, overseeing that ministry. We've talked a lot about it here on the radio. A couple weeks into it, how are things going? And uh, maybe you want to tell, maybe we've got some new listeners that haven't been hearing all of our commercials in the past. You could tell them a little bit more about our Master Club program at Temple Baptist Church. Well, we've been doing Master's Club and on Wednesday nights from 7, we, we wrap up with the main class around 8.15, as you know, and then we head upstairs and do our awards and all that. And we've had two nights so far this new year that has gone really well. It's been a learning experience for me because I'm in a new role here with this right. as, as the director or person in charge, however we want to title yeah. that and uh, there are some things that uh, the master club person yes and there are a few things that the kids have pointed out that they know are supposed to be done that i haven't been doing so we do the pledges but there's a way you're supposed to do the pledges oh, okay and so i was instructed on that all right and so next week we'll do better with that so and it's good i'm glad that there's some things that they remember and and want because we've talked about that consistency, that order, and they're right. like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be doing this, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. But there are other things we've been tweaking and involving in it. Of course, a lot of focus on the lesson. Brother Mac Holbrook's been teaching, doing an excellent job, doing some object lessons. Uh, our, our other game time that we've been doing has been wonderful, and the working towards their badges and all of that is is all going quite well and the kids learning the books of the bible doing other things good spirit good attitude having fun a little bit of competition and it's been the time has been going by so fast yeah we had a couple young ladies last wednesday that publicly uh, they're at the end of master club they they all come up into the auditorium and they were able to recite 
all of the books of the New Testament in order. And so just, you know, a couple of young ladies here in the church, and that's only two weeks into it. So they haven't had a whole lot of time to work on it. So that's great. It's good it stuff is. going on there. It's very exciting. Good to see these kids want to participate, participate in the songs that glorify Christ, hiding God's word in their heart. And we have seen some things where the parents have shared with Rachel and I, and I, I don't know if you've seen these, but uh, where these kids have been doing some outside of church activities where they've been incorporating the things they've learned in church and master's club. And you know what? That's been very encouraging and that exciting. Is, that is, I hate to overwork a, a word, but that is awesome. Yeah. And uh, that's always encouraging to hear. Well, let's dive into our topic for Salt and Light here this morning. Uh, we're talking this morning about speech and euphemisms. Uh, if you're not familiar with the term euphemism, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But primarily, when we want to start out and talk about our speech. Now, there's a couple of passages in Scripture don't have time to read all of them, but of course, James chapter number uh, three talks about the tongue being set on fire of hell. It's a little member of our body, but boy, it sure can create a lot of problem. It's only been a month or two here on Salt and Light that we dedicated uh, a, um, a program to just strictly the tongue. And really, we were talking about all the negative aspects. This is going to take it little bit more specific aspect but here's a couple verses that I do have time to read here this morning Proverbs chapter 18 and I'm actually reading here from my mother's Bible uh, I um, my wife have we're in separate cars and so my Bible the one I normally use was in the car with her and so I had to grab a Bible on my way here to the station and so my I have my mom's Bible my sister brought it to me here a few weeks ago when she came visiting and uh, it's just it's kinda kinda cool to be reading from my mom's Bible and so I don't know if that means anything to our listeners but it sure means well, something to be me extra special this extra morning. special so Proverbs chapter 18 and listen to this folks verse number 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof now there's another passage here in uh, the book of Psalms in uh, Psalm 12 and verse number four says who have said, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are our own, who is Lord over us? Now, that's talking about a lot of people think that, hey, I can say whatever I want to say. My words, my speech, they belong to me, but the Bible makes it clear that God has the right to tell us what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah. And sadly, most even Christians don't understand or recognize that. And so there is plenty of speech that comes out of people's mouths that uh, would have, back in the day, would have merited a little bit of Life Boy soap, like uh, like you see uh, in the old movies and so forth. Uh, you know, parents saying, "I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap," and yet nowadays we see that kids grow up in homes where it's just common. They just right. hear it all the time. They say words that they ought not say, and. Uh, just nothing seems to even matter. But listen, words spoken, they will eventually fade away, but there are certain words that are rarely ever forgotten. Uh, words have a tremendous power. There are always consequences for our speech, and Christians should always be careful what they say 
and how they say it because we are going to give an account. Jesus himself said that we're going to give an account for every idle word we speak. Everything that comes out of our mouth by way of speech, we're going to have to give an account to God in the day of judgment. So that sounds to me like it's pretty important truth in the Bible. I would agree. You know, when you propose this topic, one area that always really makes me think is when Peter was there at the denial of Christ, and he was confronted, and it was, thy speech bereath thee. That is right. Our speech will reveal us. And then he turns around, and the second time that he's questioned, it says that he cursed. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. He knew that if my speech is bereaving me, they're thinking that I'm a Christian by the way that I talk. He started cursing to try to add validity to his denial that, hey, I'm denying Christ. You can tell that by the way that I'm talking. We'll talk more about it next segment. talking about speech this morning, the words that come out of our mouth, our accountability, the fact, and it is a fact, the Bible makes it clear, Jesus made it clear that we are going to give an account for every word that we say. Uh, There was an old saying years ago, I grew up with it, Brother Max, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. And we try to convince ourselves that our words don't matter, that they don't have an effect on other people, but the fact of the matter is they do. Before the break, we were talking about Peter and how that when he denied the Lord, he added validity to his denial by adding cursing. And so obviously, even from the world standpoint, let's just set aside that we're Bible-believing Christians, we're Bible-believing preachers, set that aside, and it's just a common valid observation that our speech does, as you said, beray us. I mean, it'll it'll tell on us. People will judge us based upon our speech. And uh, they used to say what's in the well is what's going to come up in the bucket. And so it's, it's so true. Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so these, this is a very important truth. And sadly, most Christians don't really get this, or they don't get the importance of it. And they think, well, it's just words. And they may talk like a Christian on Sunday, but they don't necessarily talk right. like a Christian at work on Monday. I've worked with those people. And I can remember one time specifically, I worked at a large warehouse in the Asheville area, and there was a guy that was always telling me that he was a Christian. He'd talk about what his preacher preached on Sunday, but every time that I was near him, he would be using cuss words all the time. And I mean, I put up, I I just listened, and it, it always, it grieved my heart, and I hated that he's identifying to everybody as a Christian, but yet he's talking like that all the time, and I didn't want to be judgmental, and so I just, you know, just figured, hey, that's between him and God. But it just started happening so frequently that finally, finally, I just pulled him aside and I, I said, hey, brother, I, I need to, I need to talk to you about something. I said, I'm not trying to play Holy Spirit, but I said, you talk about being a Christian all the time, but yet all these cuss words come out of your mouth frequently. You need to consider that you're doing harm. To the cause of Christ. You're not just being neutral here, you're causing harm. And 
I said, uh, I, you know, I know sometimes you can't get victory over bad habits, but I said, uh, it, you'd be better off to just set aside and leave aside your salvation, your Christianity, and just not bring that into the equation uh, so that you don't cause harm to the cause of Christ. And, uh, you know, I don't know how, whether he appreciated that or not, but I, I believe that it was spoken in love, and I believe that it was merited. And so uh, sometimes we don't realize that the power of our words. Now, Brother Max, I want to talk about God's checklist for excellent speech. It's one thing to talk about all of these things that are wrong and negative in our speech, but let's talk about what the Bible says we should be, our speech should be characterized by. Colossians 4, verse number 5 says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That's certainly relevant to the story I just told. Redeeming the time, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. What are your thoughts on that checklist that God gives us on what our speech should be? Well, as you mentioned, the Lord is definitely wants Christians who are supposed to be spirit-filled and Christ-like to have instruction of how we do communicate, speak, in this world, as it said in this verse, to you know, walk in wisdom, them or the without. We need to have discernment because words do invoke emotion, they all kinds of feelings, uh, reactions. Why in Proverbs it's taught, a soft answer turneth away wrath. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we were studying this and I'm looking at it, it really convicted me because even in this, there was an illustration they had, right? And usually it it's pastors and how pastors should be, but that should be every Christian. Mm -hmm. And how we deal with this public, the public world out there is gonna have an effect on whether or not they're going to see Christ. And the words we use, our actions, we're human. We can be in the flesh, but we have to really think about every time what we do, not react how we've been reacted to or treated but in a manner of being spirit-filled christ-like because those are going to have severe consequences in some cases eternal consequences of whether or not somebody's going to come to the lord that is right so our speech not only what we say but how we say it Mm -hmm. you know sometimes we can hide behind well i didn't say anything that was bad well how you said it it can always be the, the tone it can be sarcastic it can be cutting it can be aggressive and so what we say and how we say it represents who we are to the world around us. I know you mentioned being a preacher. I, I, I know in our community, and I've had to deal with this, I don't know how many times, way more than I can remember or count, you go into a restaurant and you get really, really bad service or you, you have to deal with the situation. Well, the human nature side in me says, hey, I'm paying good money for this. I want my rights. But yet, I also know that I live in a fairly small community, and I know that how I respond or react to that bad service or that incompetent server or whatever the case may be, how I react to that is going to affect them. And then at the end of the meal, if I leave a gospel track, piece of literature telling them about Jesus on the table, 
it, it's going to have no effect. But not only that, it's probably going to have negative effect right. that they're going to go tell all their friends, well, that preacher from such and such Baptist church, they were a real jerk to me. And, you know, sometimes I always try to, to remember that, hey, maybe that server is just uh, having a rough patch in life. Maybe they're going through something and uh, they're not, there's no way that I will know. And, and then sometimes maybe the server is just not a great person. But the, the bottom line is, is, yeah, I spend good money for that meal, but that money, everything that I have, it came from God. And I would rather walk away and, I guess on paper, waste some money and be an ambassador and a representative of Christ. And it's not always easy to contain yourself when you're upset, you're angry, you, you, you had an expectation that, hey, I'm going to have a good meal. I really was looking forward to it. Everything just goes south on you and you, you just want to lash out in frustration or in in righteous indignation you know hey i'm right well it's not about being right it's about being righteous and being righteous is always being a representative of jesus christ Uh, what's something else brother max that um, people need to know that god expects out of our speech well there's lots of it. We're, we're taught in Ephesians 4.32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, for God's sake, had forgiven you. So there is that expectation in that as well, in our conversation with each other, to be kind. You know, the Bible also tells us, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Right, exactly. We, And in this verse that you, you brought up in Colossians 4, it, it says, let your your speech be seasoned with grace and with salt. There has to be truth there. Mm -hmm. So there is this kindness. There is this, you know, if you dare say mercy in conversation with somebody, but there has to be the truth. My son has brought this out and actually was complimenting my wife and I in this, that he was glad that we're encouraging him in certain activities, but we don't over embellish in it and give him this false perception of who he is, that we keep it to where it really is. Mm-hmm. There's reality. We're kind. You know, we love you, son. You're doing a good job. Keep trying. Keep going forward, you know, but we keep it where it really is. We don't put him up. Well, hey, you're, you're, you're next. You're going to get drafted for the NFL. You're, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. We don't put this false thing in there. Right. And he did appreciate that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where we have to be as well. We have to be realistic in our speech. Yeah. You know, and that all comes down to honesty. You know, one thing that is definitely on God's checklist for excellent speech is that our speech should be honest and it should avoid lying. Now, there are different kinds of lies. We know that. There's the big ones. There's the little white ones. But then there's also little manipulative ones where what you say, the actual wording itself, you could say, well, that wasn't a lie. But the context is trying to steer someone in a direction that is not being honest and forthright. And, you know, people today live in that territory right there so much speech today is manipulative and insincere and i just want to say folks 
if you have allowed this, some people go that route. It's a survival instinct that kicks in. Some people, it's just, I want to get my way and I don't care what it takes to get it. Some of it's selfishness. Some of it is people are just hurt and they're, they're trying to get through life. I understand that. But the bottom line is we all need to understand God's not buying it. God is not saying, well, I understand it's okay for you to be deceptive in your speech. The Word of God says this, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore, listen to this, folks, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That's saying speak truth with your neighbor, represent what you have to say, the same way that you would want it represented to you. Nobody wants to be deceived or manipulated. They, you know, everybody wants everybody else to be straightforward and tell me the way that it really is. Don't try to steer me with a uh, hidden agenda and so forth. Well, the Word of God says we're all supposed to treat everybody the way that we would want to be treated. Right. And that means being honest. It doesn't mean being cruel. You know, I saw the commercial, I don't forget who it was for, but the old thing with Abraham Lincoln, who was Honest Abe, and his, his, his wife comes out and they've recreated this. It looks like it's in black and white, like it's old, and his wife comes out and says, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> and, you know, Honest Abe is like, uh, uh, he didn't know what to say. I cracked up laughing when I saw that. And it's just so true. Our, you know, there's diplomatic ways to be honest. You know, if something like that came my way, I'd say, well, you look wonderful, honey. Forget about the dress. But <laughs> sometimes life puts us in those situations. Well, folks, be sure and tune in. Uh, next segment, we've got Brother W.B. Sharp with us and so looking forward to I'd like to introduce to you a very uh, important person in my life, uh, Brother W.B. Sharp. He is a uh, friend. Uh, he's a very dear brother in Christ to me, and he has been a very important part of Temple Baptist Church here in Statesville for uh, many, many years. Uh, he serves on the deacon board at Temple Baptist Church and uh, I want to say as a pastor, I, I love my deacons. I, I really believe, he'll have to answer this himself, I believe that the deacons love their pastor, and that is a great joy. Not every pastor gets to enjoy that kind of a relationship. Brother Sharp also oversees our street ministry, um, brings in the signs and the tracks and the the cooler of water and goodies yes, for everyone afterward. And then also he's been a faithful part of our detention center ministry. Him, he takes several men from the church a couple times a month out to Taylorsville and ministers to uh, some of those young people that are in detention. And it's just been a great ministry. Brother Sharp, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. Thank you for allowing me to come and be with you and Brother Max here at this uh, program today and praise the Lord for it. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming from Moxville, and uh, we, I mean, it's a long way to go, or to come, I should say, and you come faithfully to minister and serve in church, but then coming here for the radio broadcast is also a huge blessing. I want to start out, I'd like for you to tell our listeners about 
how you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, many years ago, uh, back in the mid-80s, I was attending a Methodist church over in Davie County in uh, the process of uh, my father passing away and uh, and 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 his uh, the time you see was a difficult time. Of course, there certainly always is when a when a parent or a brother or sister or someone close to you like that passes away. And and of course, in that process of time, you see the uh, the the church I was attending there at that time was a, like I said, a little Methodist church, and uh, uh, the pastor there was a. Chip Webb, he was the pastor there for about four years, and good man of God, and and was uh, uh, was preaching the word. And of course, I, I I I was living in sin at that time in my life, and not where I needed to be. And uh, of course, as my father passed away, they sent in another pastor. As the Methodist Church does in a process of time, they sent in a woman to be the pastor of that church there. And and my father, you know, of course, was uh, at the funeral home and I talked to mom about that and of course the pastor there would have had a uh, if we had the service at the church we'd uh, of course she could have had a part of it you know but that's uh, that's this uh, part of the process and also we had the service there at the uh, funeral home and and after that you know and of course and uh, uh, mom says what we're going to do said there's a woman preacher here at the church and I said well you know what we're going to have to do mom and and so we, we left uh, the church there in Davie County and, and came over to Statesville. And, of course, my sister and her husband at that time were uh, attending the church and their family. I came over here that day, and me and Mom, of course, uh, and the pew was full of people. And I said, man, but they made room for us, and we just sat right down there. And, of course, in the preaching the Word of God, Brother Lonnie Wilson as a pastor at that time, and he preached the Word, and I... I knew I wasn't living right, and I was living in sin, but God started convicting me, and little by little, just little by little, step by step, and the Word of God talks about precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and, and I became very uncomfortable, <laughs> and I had to do something, and, and I was just, you know, I tried to turn over a leaf and do better, and I'd do better for three or four days, but then I'd just drop right back in the old uh, sinful ways I was involved in, but God, one Sunday morning there at Temple Baptist Church, fellas, uh, I was under great deep conviction, and and Brother Lonnie uh, preached a sermon. Don't even remember what it was about, but at the end of the sermon, I found myself in the aisle headed forward before I even knew what I was doing. <laughs> God just Lord. jumped all over me, and I went forward, and God saved me, fellas. I believe God saved me before I ever got there to Brother Mac up at the front of the church. Yeah. And and. and like I told Brother Max this morning, little by little, God just chipped away in my life. Little by little, taking things away. Always when he took away something, he gave me something better. Amen. I always did that. God is so faithful about that. And uh, I uh, had, of course, I had the uh, ball games, you know. I figured, if I figured I went to church on Sunday morning, you know, that was pretty good, you know. And, of course, Sunday night came, I... Had to watch my ball games. But first thing you know, Mom said one day, said, well, why don't we just go to church Sunday night? I said, okay, let's go. We started going Sunday night, and then after a process of time, a few weeks, and Mom says, well, uh, you know, the, we can go to church on Wednesday night too. So we started <laughs> going on Wednesday night. Man, I said, uh, 
And God just started chipping away at my life little by little, precept upon precept, and changing my life. And I couldn't change it, fellas. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And God did it. I couldn't do it. Amen. Amen. I tried. Boy, that's a testimony to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ as well as the power of the Word of God. Brother Sharp, I know you know this, but this book here says about itself that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so here, Brother Sharp got, uh, got acquainted with the sharpness of the Word of God. It wasn't Lonnie Wilson that saved you or Temple Baptist Church, but it was the fact that here is a God-called man, a preacher of the Word of God, and yes. he is faithfully, and you know, I, I knew Brother Wilson very well. Anybody that knew Brother Wilson knew that he was unashamedly and unafraid of just giving the Word of God. He didn't pull any punches. He, he, he loved people, but he was honoring the Word of God, and he was one of these guys that was going to tell it like it is. Yeah. And we need more men like that. I know, Brother Sharp, I want to be that kind of a man. And I'm a different personality than him. Uh, we're all different, but uh, that is certainly one characteristic of his ministry that by the grace of God, I want to continue for the rest of my life. And so it's so encouraging to hear how that you got under the sound of the Word of God. Do you, do you happen to remember how many weeks it was that you were uh, under his preaching and under conviction before you finally uh, surrendered to the Lord and accepted Christ? It was probably about a, a few months' time. I don't remember. I should have written the date down. I wish I had. That, uh, But I remember it very vividly. I can tell you where I was and the exact seat and all that and everything in, in the church and, and all that. You know, it's very vivid in my memory, you see, of what happened that mm -hmm. morning. Uh, and you, but you see, like I say, brother, I was under conviction for several weeks, maybe a few months there, probably about seven or eight months or so. But then you see, it got to the point when I submitted to Christ. You see, my life changed. Then you see, it just changed. It just, and the burden I was carrying, just God lifted that burden. He just uh, took it Himself, you know. And the Bible says, you know, it talks about, uh, you know, you heard the song, "Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there." Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I just took it right to the Lord and left it, and he made a difference in, in my life. And I praise the Lord for the faithful teaching of the Word of God there Amen. at Temple Baptist. Brother Lonnie taught the Word of God and preached the Word of God. And, and when uh, I remember the days, he said, uh, Brother Wilson said, I've taken the church about as far as I can go. And I remember that time, you know, and of course... Uh, I was serving Brother Wilson there at the church as a deacon at that time, and he told us, he said, uh, he had a young man in mind that, uh, that he wanted to bring into the church, a young man from Idaho that he wanted to bring in. And, of course, the process there, he brought uh, you in and your family, and I remember very vividly, and I said, Brother Wilson said, I believe that's the man that God would have us to have here at Temple. And, Brother, it's been a blessing for 15 years now and what God has done and continues to do just standing on the Word. And I remember when you said that we stand on that which is timeless. Timeless, the Word mm -hmm. of God. I have a message I preach here at the detention center about uh, John chapter number 3. He that is above is above all. And it's been that way at Temple ever since I've been there, brother. And you just picked up the mantle and carried it right along and did the work you see. And God's so blessed. God's so good to us. He's so, uh, you see, and 
uh, you think of the word marvelous. You say it don't touch the hem of the garment of what God is. He's, he's amazing. I was thinking, you know, a verse of scripture here that it says uh, uh, in, in Ephesians chapter number one, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Now listen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling Amen. and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You see, a changed life, a life spent and, and built upon the word of God, and that's what uh, I found to be true there at Temple, you see, through the years. Precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, just continuing, staying with the word of God. Amen. Just building right. on that which is timeless. And that message I preach there at the detention center about the about God, you see, and he's above all, man, what a... And God is blessed there, you see, and been a wonderful time there. And I've saw many that's made professions, and and God has worked. And uh, it's such a near and dear to my heart, for God has allowed me to be a part of what he's doing there at Temple. And I praise him for it so much. Amen. And, I, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. But let me back up just a little bit on some of your testimony all the way to the very beginning you're going to a Methodist church there in Davie County, and you ended up leaving going to Temple because they brought in a woman preacher. Well, according to your testimony, you weren't even saved at the time, but what was it about that that you had, a, had an issue with that you— because a lot of people don't understand that today. It's so common. Uh, they'll label us certain, you know, certain ways if you, we feel that way, but— why was that an issue to you and your mom that uh, caused you to leave and go to a different church? Well, uh, in my life, I've always been kind of, uh, uh, when I grew up at, at, in the church there, you know, and, and uh, we, we were able to uh, spend much time there, you see, but uh, I saw that uh, there was something that was just not effective in her life. And she had a husband that was a pastor just a few miles away. And Mom said, why in the, why in the world don't she get over there and support her? Mom was saved. And she said, why in the world don't she go over there and support her pastor there at the church she's involved in? I said, Mom, I don't know. I said, sounds reasonable to me, though, that she would. Mm -hmm. But uh, And then you see, of course, I, I just there was something about it that just wasn't right. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had you had been around the teaching of the Word of God, and you just you just knew that hey something's not right about this. And of course, folks, if you know what the Bible says, the Bible is clear about that. And as far as we're concerned, it doesn't matter if the whole world does otherwise. If the Bible says something is not right, then we're going to stick with the Bible. We'll mm -hmm. talk more about this here in just a few minutes. We're here with Brother W.B. Sharp, Brother Max Robinson. We've been talking about Brother Sharp's testimony of salvation, how he brought him to Temple Baptist Church. And uh, Brother Max, you've been sitting here listening. I'm sure that there's probably some of this that you've heard that maybe you haven't heard. I've, I've heard this uh, on several occasions. Brother Sharp 
He interjected a few little details that I wasn't aware of, but uh, you've known him for over a year now. And so uh, uh, let me give you an opportunity to share a few thoughts about uh, just your observation of Brother Sharp. Well, we began this particular um, salt and light with talking about speech and the importance and the value of that and the effectiveness of it. And the year that I've known Brother Sharp is his speech definitely berayeth him in a good way. Mm-hmm. He definitely loves God. And as we've listened in his testimony, in which he's, I, I've never heard him ever say, he's, there's never been an ounce of pride or arrogance in his life. He always gives God the glory for what he's done in his life, which is a true testimony of a true person that is experienced being born again. And I'm sure that we're making him very uncomfortable I, talking I, I about know, him I like don't want this. To, because <laughs> he gives God the glory for it. Yeah. And, and I just, the year that, uh, he's also instrumental in me being here because he was a deacon that you consulted and had him call me as well mm-hmm. to interview. And he made, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he still feels he made the right decision and oh, yes. in supporting that. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, uh, his walk and the years that he spent with God growing in grace as he mentioned, God chipping away the carnal things in his life and hopefully in ours as well, allowing the Spirit of God to be manifest and, and do a work has had a tremendous impact on me, but I also see it in young and old in our church. And there's an honor and respect there that used to be common throughout generations that is now lost and we in our church are getting to witness that existence of that honor of a man that has devoted his life serving God in honesty. Lord, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I love you. I want to serve you. I want to go forward. And he has been exhibiting that in his life. And, and he's just a faithful, godly man. To hear him pray in prayer meeting is humbling. Amen. And, and a joy. And on a lighter side, his selection of bringing drinks to street ministry with that muscadine is, again, <laughs> just shows that he's definitely spirit-filled in a man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we know, we, we know what's important and what you value. <laughs> I, we, we joke about that, folks. We have a lot of fun with that. And it, it is true. Brother Sharp with the street ministry and just the heart that he puts into it is such a blessing. And so, Brother Sharp, we've talked about a number of different things that God has used. And, you know, we're, we're talk, we've talked about Brother Lonnie Wilson. We've talked about Temple Baptist Church. You talked a little bit about 15 years ago, how that the Lord brought me and my family here. And a year, a little over a year ago, the Lord brought Brother Max. And so we all, we have this this um, family of God relationship, but we also have a ministering and serving together relationship. And so God has used uh, in your life, even something that happened way back when with a decision was made in church that you saw was wrong and that moved you. And so God has used all of these things to bring you to where you are today. But, you know, you have been in the 15 years that I've been around 
your value as a deacon, a brother in Christ, a, a friend, a prayer warrior. I just cannot even begin to tell you how much you mean to us. And uh, I, when I think of you, brother, I think about what God said about Moses and even Caleb. It said they were, you know, they got up there in some years, but their natural force was not abated. Uh, that's my prayer for you. I, I pray that God would give you the physical strength and stamina to keep doing what you're doing for many, many years to come. And uh, that is my hope. I'd like to see you continue as you are. Um, you know, we know that time catches up and uh, I don't know how God's going to perceive that prayer request. But I just want you to know personally and publicly, I, I don't care if the whole world knows how much I love you and respect you and appreciate. Uh, cannot even begin to tell you what, how much you mean to me as a Christian and as a pastor. And uh, there's no doubt been times where I, I wouldn't have been able to make it through some tough times without your support. So uh, let me turn things, this is, we're talking about your testimony. Let me turn the mic back over to you. And, uh, and just share a little bit more on your heart, uh, what God's been doing in your life, and maybe a little bit about what Temple Baptist Church and how God has brought you there, what it's meant to you. Well, it's surely been a quick trip, brother, when you think about uh, those days that uh, when my father passed away. And I asked the Lord at that time that uh, when Dad passed away, if he'd give Mom 20 more years. And we could, uh, you know, come and serve together there at the, uh, you know, at church. And, and God gave her uh, 20, let's say, been uh, 25 years. God's good. He about to, just like we, you know, was talking there. You know, when God gives you something, he puts a little extra on there. But God uh, allowed mm -hmm. Mom 25 years there to come to Temple Baptist Church. And what a blessing it's been. And I know the days were, you know, it's... Uh, you say, people have asked me, Pastor, Brother Max, that uh, why do you drive 30 miles every Sunday to church and Sunday night and Wednesday night? I said, well, it's been worth the, it's been worth the trip every time. <laughs> Amen. God, you always go and God gives you something. And he's been faithful about that. He always does and gives you something. And just, uh, I've seen the hand of God at work there at Temple. And when Pastor Wilson uh, resigned as pastor, you know, of course, in the working there at that, you and as you so gracefully, you see, uh, uh, Brother uh, Wilson thought he'd have to leave the church. But, uh, you know, because of a new pastor coming in, you know, he changes things. And sometimes the, the old pastor's a hindrance. It never was that way, brother. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like everything Amen. just worked right together. And, bro and, brother, you were so gracious about things and coming in there. And I, I've seen you go through some hard times and some difficult things and did things, you know, that... Uh, Maybe, you know, you didn't want to do, but you thought it was uh, maybe the right thing to do, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe the thing that, uh, maybe it wasn't the way that uh, that you would have done it had it not been, uh, you know, for Brother Wilson been there. But, man, you worked through it. And I tell you, it's been a blessing, brother. And it's been a joy to serve with you through the, down through these years. And Lynn and Anna and Josh and the family and Caleb and Spencer and uh, uh, Cody and Spencer, I'm sorry. But, you know the family and see what God's done and what God's doing, brother, and what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. You see, if we just submit ourselves to God and 
The Bible says here in the book of James, said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? A wise man. We talk about speech. You know, speech has a tremendous effect on people. Even as, as Brother, Brother Max mentioned, now, the tone of our speech. This the way we say something. A kind word turneth. You know, the Bible talks about a kind word turning away wrath. You know, just a gentle word, you see. And you've always been that, brother. I've never heard you raise your voice at a time. And, and never have, brother. And you've been such a blessing to me. And, and it's been a joy. It's been a joy. Well, you may have raised your voice some, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> right, Brother Max? That's right. <laughs> I wasn't there to hear it. But praise God for what he's doing. But listen. Yeah, can, I, uh, can I quote you? I need this in writing. <laughs> I need also, brother, I need to praise God for what he's doing there at Temple now. A year, a little over a year ago, I know Brother Max came and Rachel and Hannah and Josh came to be with us at church. And what an addition they've been to our church. Amen. What a blessing they've been. I, I tell you, it's amazing to me how God works bringing people in. You see, just for a particular, uh, for a particular purpose at the church, something that needs to be. Man, look at all the things that Brother Max has done there. Yeah. Amen. And I'm not, you know, in his family. What a blessing and all the the, it's just a joy to be around people like that and what God does and, and God has put some people in my life it's Brother James Childers yeah, Brother right. Terry Tebow Paul these old yeah. saints of God that just stay with the stuff and don't waver man I tell you what it's a blessing it makes me feel like a wimp it does when <laughs> yeah. I see these men so faithful and so working and just diligent and there's a lot of unsung heroes there at that church too fellas yeah. A lot of unsung heroes, people right. that just sit in the pew, come week after week and just praise God, serve God, and continue on and stay with the stuff. These are, I call them unsung hero, heroes in the, in the family of God. That's what holds the church together. There's many out there that's working together and in the forefront, but these old unsung heroes just keeping the stuff together and praising God and continuing right along and praising for it. Amen. 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 You know, uh, the church is approaching 60 years old, and I'm only the second pastor. We've had assistant pastors with 40, almost 50 years tenure. You talk about some consistency, folks. It's not because of man. It's because of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And people are looking for something that's real Christianity. We invite you to come to Temple Baptist Church. We'd love to have you worship with us. Been a joy to be with you. Thank you, Brother Sharp, for being part of this. Thank you, Brother Max. Uh, we trust that you'll have a great day, and God bless you. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you, and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon him to save you this very moment. If you are a born again Christian, we wanna encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you 
We hope you'll join us again next week.